Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here with Lynn Hunziker of Clear Action Customer Experience Optimization. Lynn specializes in customer-centric culture building, customer data ROI, and cross-organizational engagement to deliver brand promises. Her clients include such companies as Accountants, Inc., Adeco, and Ritsu, Applied Materials, Cadence, Deltac, Form Factor, Hospira, Merck, SunPower, and others. She's a Customer Think Advisor, and she's also an instructor at the University of California at Berkeley Extension. She's written three books, including her latest, which is Innovating Superior Customer Experience. So welcome, Lynn. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks, Linda. It's my pleasure. Great. So we're going to talk about new rules for innovation. Can you tell me what's different now about what's required to innovate successfully? Well, you know, throughout my career, I've worked closely with engineers and customers to develop market requirement specs, launch new products and services, and improve customer experience overall. And uh, I'm also an avid reader and frequent association meeting attendee at, uh, on the topics of product management and marketing. But what's surprising is that while I was researching for my latest book, Innovating Superior Customer Experience, I discovered uh, several best practices that aren't yet on the radar screen of most engineers, pro- product managers, marketers, and customer management professionals. That's great. So, th- so there's some new things that are coming out that are different than we've heard before. Can you tell us how what what's different that you've um, that you discovered? Uh, yeah, there are three best practices that are touted in recent innovation literature. Uh, that need to be uh, understood and probably adopted by marketers. And those are uh, outcomes, customer experience outcomes, uh, second, circumstance-based personas, and third, all employee involvement in innovation. Um, By customer experience outcomes, what I mean is, what is a customer hiring a product or service to do? When we talk about the customer hiring a product or service, uh, we're trying to identify the customer's jobs to be done and the circumstances that are motivating it. Um, By circumstance-based personas, what I mean is the detailed profiles of the customer circumstances that are motivating them to hire the product or service. And um, within those personas, specifying what outcomes are desired by the customer in terms of increasing or decreasing time, quality, or other elements of the customer experience. So uh, these are the customer's value judgments of the outcomes within the context of the motivating circumstance. Okay. And then thirdly, uh, by all employee involvement, uh, what I mean is that innovation in our global economy is not just for engineers and R&D teams, and it's not just about introducing a new product or service. In these times, uh, everyone in a company can influence the success or failure of an innovation, and the broader uh, policies, business models, and 
prevailing attitude and culture that can make or break a customer experience. Great. So tell us, with, with these new type of, of customer experience outcomes and things that are, are, are being implemented that you're talking about, how is this different from the way we used to do customer research traditionally? Well, if you think about the social media and uh, ways that people are talking about their experiences as a customer, uh, you'll find that the, the way that customers volunteer feedback is quite a bit different than the way that customers companies typically collect customer feedback. Ah, so they want to do it differently than we want to get it from them. Yeah, just think about the way that you talk about your experience when you went on a cruise or you uh, tried a new uh, gadget or whatever. Uh, you probably want to talk about it in terms of what you were trying to get done, <laughs> what, what outcomes you were interested in, and much less in terms of um, you know, on a one-to-five scale, was such and such good or bad? Right, right, right. I may not even be thinking about some of the things they're asking me about. Oh uh, yeah. In fact, I just went on a cruise to Alaska in August and uh, participated in the survey afterward, and I found it quite tedious. Although, you know, if I were the one asked to design the survey, I probably would have designed it quite the same. Uh, it was obvious to me as a marketer that um, they were trying to get clarity on the performance of various departments so that they could identify which departments deserve to have a bonus based on uh, customer satisfaction. Right. But uh, the way that I wanted to tell them about my experience was quite different, and if they had linked it, first of all, to what outcomes or the circumstance that was um, motivating that experience for me to uh, invest in, then they would have gotten a lot richer information from me. Okay, good. So yeah, so it's it's important to think about the way customers want to give the experience, uh, give the information about their experience, rather than the way that we'd like to have it and process it. So tell me about you talked about circumstance-based customer personas. So tell me a little bit about that, and how does that play a role in innovation? Well, uh, circumstance-based personas are different from the typical marketing communications personas and uh, product development personas that are in use today. Uh, usually those uh, current uh, models are based on uh, demographic or psychographic segmentation of customers, whereas uh, if you really look at uh, circumstance-based uh, customer experience persona, you'll realize that segmenting by circumstances for both innovation purposes as well as marketing purposes uh, really can pay some unique dividends because you'll be looking at things differently than your competition for one, but most importantly, you'll be looking at things the way that customers look at them. Customers don't think of themselves as a psychographic or a, a demographic but they know why they are buying something and, uh, you know, for what purpose they're hiring it. And uh, a careful look at that will reveal some missed opportunities and <clears throat> new things that, that can be done within a company. Okay. One so of my favorite stories about this is a milkshake uh, provider, a fast food company that was well-known for milkshakes. And like all uh, customer-focused companies, they – 
always collected feedback from customers about what they could improve in the, the milkshake, the thickness, the chocolatiness, the whatever. And they made a lot of these improvements, but they didn't see uh, corresponding business results. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they had uh, different researchers come in and track all of the uh, elements associated with the purchases of the milkshakes throughout an entire workday. And looking at the data, they found out that about half of them were purchased in the morning hours and about half were purchased in late afternoon. So they came back and they talked to the customers who purchased in the morning. They're trying to find out, what are you trying to hire this product to do for you? And in the course of that research, they realized that most of the morning customers were really trying to fight off boredom of a long commute and also uh, satisfy their hunger for their uh, later in the morning arrival time where they were going to. And the milkshake was a better tool for this than other options that they had, bagels, pastries, right. morning sandwiches, and so forth. When they talked to the customers in the afternoon, they found that those were mostly parents who were trying to be viewed by their child as a loving parent, but in the end, uh, it actually took a lot of time for the, the child to consume the product, which was actually thrown away half full most of the time. So in both of these cases, by looking at the circumstances, the uh, fast food company was able to figure out how they could make innovations that were unique for those circumstances. And in each case, uh, they made uh, huge in inroads for those particular customers. That's interesting. So, so tell me a little bit, the other thing that you talked about was this all-employee involvement. How would you engage an entire organization in innovation? Normally we, we think that there are certain parts of an organization that are more innovative than others. So how would we go and get the entire organization involved? Well, first of all, if you look at the customer experience in its true sense, it really um, spans from the time when a customer becomes aware of a need until mm -hmm. the time when the customer feels like the need is extinguished. Right. And usually that uh, spectrum, customer experience spectrum, starts earlier and ends later than most companies give it credit for. And if you identify all the things along the line that the customer must go through to, um, to satisfy that need, you'll realize that uh, very much more than the product or service that we tend to focus on is at play in improving the customer experience. So innovation for a company can include business models. Um, those are things like subscriptions, auctions, trials, online purchase, basic and premium versions, things like that. Right. Uh, affinities would be uh, status and philanthropy and symbolism of, uh, associated with the product. Uh, the conveniences in terms of the form of the product, the time and the place that it can be accessed. Um, policies such as returns and upgrades, how you resolve issues, how they can access uh, different things. Um, business processes, uh, the skills of the people within the company, and the culture, the prevailing attitudes. So. All of these things are really much broader than the engineer's realm and the R&D team 
really takes the, like they say, it takes a village to innovate the customer experience. So we need to think on a broader spectrum, and, and too often we just think about the actual either product or the delivery of the product. We do, and uh, most of the people within a department in a company that don't face the customer typically view their role as pretty uh, contained right. and uh, distant from the customer. One of my favorite exercises to recommend to people is to kind of peel back the onion from uh, if you if you maybe envision a value chain from the customer, external customer who's paying, clear to the inside of the company, and peel back the layer. What if the customer's need is X? Then what does this department provide for that? And then what does the the supplying department to that provide? And what does the supplying department to that provide? And in that way, you can start to see a direct link between any person in the company and the external customer. Great. So that you can start to see it all the way through. Yeah, the other thing that I recommend is that when customer feedback is obtained, which now it's 24-7, you can uh, mine the uh, data from social media as well as collect uh, data directly from customers. Um, if that data is channeled to each organization within the company, in terms of its relevance to them, now each group in the company can see their real-time impact on customers and be uh, attuned to the fact that part of their job is really customer experience improvement. It has to be part of everybody's job, not just a group. Right. Good. So it sounds like with these, um, looking at these different ways and these different rules, we can look at innovation a lot more uh, a lot more comprehensively, perhaps, and make some good changes. Yes, Great. I think that there really is a lot that marketers can do with this. It's um, it's quite a great opportunity for marketers to uh, capitalize on this viewpoint and these these new ways of thinking and help their company have a paradigm shift. That's terrific. We've been sitting here talking with um, with Lynn Hunsaker from Clear Action Customer Experience Optimization. Lynn, before we go, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about your latest ebook. Yes, this ebook is called Innovating Superior Customer Experience, and it's designed to be read on the screen and to be more of a handbook or ready reference, uh, especially for marketers, but uh, actually uh, for anyone within a company. And it covers uh, how to be more customer centric in terms of capturing these outcomes and defining customer personas. Uh, second, how can you uh, enable innovation within your company as far as uh, establishing the proper priorities and culture? Third, uh, what kind of tools are available to be more creative, both uh, with customer-facing uh, functions and uh, the traditional in in innovation team functions as well as any other function in the company? And then fourth, how do you keep the brand promise? How do you actually live the, the promise that is advertised in uh, all of your promotions? So Incredibly important. Uh, Incredibly important. That's wonderful. And Lynn is making available to our listeners a 20% discount, which you can get by going to clearaction.biz slash innovation. And the discount code is L2M. That's letter L, number 2, letter M. And uh, that's available now. Okay, so Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here. 
Thank you, Linda. Okay. This is Linda Popke, and until our next episode of Marketing Thought Leadership, here's to your marketing success. Go out, be successful, change the world. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.